0: Hey, it's Mark Schaeffley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric podcast.
1: Hey there, Jets fans! Welcome back to the Jet Centric podcast. My name is AJ, one of your hosts, and this is episode 92. I'm gonna associate that with a number, our player's number, past or present. We'll go with Michael Nealander. I have written down here. He wore 92 for most of his career, so this is the Michael Neilander episode. Uh, anyhow, uh, just moving along here, our last episode published was August 14th. That was with Eric Howardchuck. I believe that was a couple days or a week before Dale Howardchuck uh, unfortunately passed away. So, for those of you who missed that, it might be kind of timely just given the circumstances and his unfortunate passing. Um, some of the stuff we talked about, the Howardchuck strong movement uh, and whatnot, so maybe go check that out. Um kind of moving on from that. This this episode, the audio you're listening to is actually from a Periscope slash Twitter slash Zoom uh, thing that we had done. Uh, we recorded on August 17th. I'm recording this intro on September 7th, so obviously you can see there's a bit of a gap in time there. So this is the audio from that. I'll get to that in a second. I'll move along in that time. I think since we recorded till now, there's a lot of topics we didn't talk about. Um, we're down to the final four teams in the NHL playoffs. Uh, Ghost stars that's my team Uh, the BLM protests that happened with the NBA and also um, afterwards with the NHL we didn't talk about that at all Uh, line A and E there's trade rumors back in the news we didn't talk about that Um, Gustafson and Heinola and probably some of the other young guys going over to Europe I don't think some of that had happened at that time Um, so we didn't uh, touch on that but there's uh, some other interesting news Uh, The KHL started their season, and the SHL, and I think Liga in Finland is starting soon too, so um, yeah, that's all kind of new. There's a thread going around with Scott Campbell and us about uh, Mark Stone and how he could have been in Winnipeg, so um, maybe I'll bring some clarity to that, what I know about that situation, or what I think I know, I suppose some people would say, but um, yeah, uh, another time, not right now. Um, so that was interesting for anyone that saw that. Uh, Corey Pronman rated the Jets 16th, in their organization and the prospects. Uh, last year they were 27. So I'm not really sure what happened over this last year that we moved up a, a third of the league, uh, especially graduating Niku and Jansen Harkins and Roslevic. So um, yeah, just kind of an interesting read there if you want to go check that out at The Athletic. And then also there was a fun thing online about merchandise that we were selling. Uh, won't get into that right now. Uh, it's a bit of a non-story, honestly, but uh, some of you saw what went on there and probably think you know more than you do about that. So it, was, uh, it wasn't it was maybe as messy as it seemed, but um, yeah, we wanted to do some merch stuff. But uh, we're just going to hold off on that right now. Wait till, you know the Jets are probably a bit closer to, to playing again. Any other um, uh, interviews coming up? going to try and do another live stream like that on twitter with the periscope and the zoom thing with marat maybe try and get ken weave and scott billick in there all three of them at the same time but marat um, and i were already kind of chatting about some stuff so it might be better just with one person and follow up with some interviews with those other guys another time nick olchick one that i've been talking about for a while, uh, son of uh, Eddie Olchuk. I want to interview him and also Jake Heisinger with the, the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, they have some recent news, uh, kind of buying or investing in a second MJHL team, at uh, the 50 Below organization. So uh, that'd be fun to talk about. Anyhow, so now back to this episode. It was myself, AJ, with uh, Chris, or Mac, and Liz and Ryan. Uh, we talked for about an hour and 20 minutes, hour and a half. Again, you can go on Twitter back to August 17th and see if you could find that periscope video if you want to watch the whole thing but so this is the audio cut out a little bit at the end uh, just at the beginning there's a little bit of audio problems we also had things on mute so we lose the first five minutes so it kind of just jumps in there uh, just as a little bit of a warning so some of it may not kind of make sense right away but I think you can follow along for most of it I Tried to edit out a couple goofy parts and then the end uh, we tried to end about three or four times and then we just kept talking and uh, like I'm doing right now so you'll you'll notice that too um so it has a bit of a random start and random end so yeah that's it anyhow let's get to the episode i figure i said enough about everything else that we've done or are doing or some of the news items as well as um the episode where we we do get into talk about the series the season it's kind of a, se- a season wrap uh the power play we took some questions talking about adversity analytics brian little what the jets need to do to win the offseason season. Playing the young guys, the general fan interest, some like I said, some questions from fans, best looking jets, skill versus impact, a whole bunch of stuff. So, I think we even mentioned some about expansion draft. But now, this has been the longest intro ever. But again, it's been three weeks since we recorded anything. So, thought just get you all caught up to date. Quite a few people have been bugging, saying, Where's the audio? Let's do this already. So, here it is. I'm gonna shut up and let's go. I think that's everything.
2: the season ended they rattled off four wins I think each in in March each winning with by uh, four scoring four goals every single game so it looked like maybe they had turned the corner but then that break uh, didn't really seem to help and then the injuries but was there anything sort of encouraging from that or would the Jets have been better off not even get making it into this thing because it was just a little bit I don't wanna say embarrassing but uh, a bit of a waste of time right
3: yeah like you know obviously um, they, they could have had a chance, whatever kind of thing, I think that if they had, you know, that classic, if they played their best sort of thing, but truth is they didn't and they often don't, and that's kind of an issue. There were some positives though that I and kind of pulled, it, like I love Tucker wins, Pullman wins, and Adam Lowry, just those are like my big, watch, my big heroes by, of that uh, series, uh, I thought they were fantastic, four, 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 three, yeah your UND so so pride and like, going down to the States, the you corner, always see their Pullman jerseys and you're like, oh funny, but I thought Pullman was fantastic and I would love to see someone like that as like a third pairing guy next year and just like super trustworthy kind of thing, and I thought a healthy Adam Lowry was fantastic because he's had some bad luck with injuries over the years, and I really liked him. And obviously Nick Euler's best jet, I thought he was good. So those are some of the more encouraging things I sort of took from that. You know, those those what was it? Four games only that we played. It was kind of quick and in and out sort of thing. Would maybe would have been better if we hadn't played it all, but you know, it was it was nice to see the Jets play again without our our big guys, but. Yeah, I agree with Ryan that that wasn't—I don't think, in my opinion—the reason that we lost.
2: <laughs> yeah, Mac. And uh, after what three and a half, four and a half, whatever months it was that they're off, uh, do, you, do you were you a little disappointed that there wasn't some more adjustments? I mean, Ryan kind of alluded to to that, but as soon as they started practicing, you, you saw Eakin was going to be that second line center uh, right away. I mean, obviously, a of going out change change what that second lineup would have looked like, but it didn't really seem like any adjustments were made or anybody really prepped. Is there? Is that pretty disappointing, or what, what did you see in, in that with the lineups? I mean, obviously they had to do different things once uh, they had the injuries, but uh, yeah, what was your takeaway? You know, I,
0: I had a couple of review shows with Kishore, um, so I've kind of said a lot about how I feel about it. You guys are all right. They They're not. They weren't going to do anything. The coach isn't going to do anything, right? It's, uh, it's getting really redundant to talk about. Because the first practice, we could have drawn up the lines. And I don't mean the way they should be drawn up. They're drawn up exactly what you'd expect. Um, and it's getting frustrating that you, you're you constantly uh, fighting with this lineup, which is packed with goal scoring, or should be. Um, especially when you have, like Liz said, you have a breakout series by Lowry. Um, you've got Andrew Kopp doing stuff that I didn't think he was uh capable of myself you guys know that I haven't been the biggest cop fan uh not that I don't like them I just don't didn't think he was as good as everybody said and it's looking like he is um but it's just really tired it's really frustrating both coach and general manager um it really is it's it sucks uh, that being said, I predicted them to ease, not easily beat Calgary, but I thought they had a chance even with their shitty style of play, but the series was over three minutes in. As soon as Shifley's hurt, forget it. Yeah,
4: It
0: right. didn't matter. It didn't matter. They could have beat them maybe without him if Hellebuck stands on his head, but that doesn't count anyway. But I, I think I predicted that they were going to win in three or four anyway, but that you're done after, if your best player goes out.
2: Yeah. Although they did win the next game, right, right after that, I mean, they're going to win. Yeah, Yeah,
0: they're going to win games. But I know I'm not. I'm not hanging my hat on that. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
4: All right. Well, so we timed our live broadcast wrong because we're competing with Joe Biden right now, who's live on Twitter. Joe Biden. He's taking away viewers, listeners.
0: I'm sure it's pretty
4: close. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just go stream our link in his chat. (laughs)
2: that's a good idea i like that all right well let's move backwards to the season like i mentioned the jets won their last four games uh but they were sitting in ninth so now kind of reverting and looking at what they were sort of building to it seemed uh maybe had they not had a break was this team looking like they're poised to do something maybe Liz will start with you was that season look like something that was salvageable. I know they talked so much about the adversity that they faced, um, but were they sort of over that hump? Or do you think basically the series played out the way the season did and the way we predict and they probably weren't gonna be a playoff team or a a first round exit if they made it?
3: Uh, I think, yeah, the whole thing, the series sort of did play out the way the season did. I think, um, you know, you sort of had high hopes, and you were like, you know what, maybe maybe things will be okay, and you're like, oh, like if this goes this way, this goes that way, things could do well, but in reality, the team's just not that good. And they had some times where they gave you a little bit of hope, but then they kind of just flattened that out on their own, not even needing to be beat by others, they kind of beat themselves a little bit, but that's just me being a pessimist. Um, I don't know, I think at the end of the season when things sort of wrapped up, I was, you know, on the same train as everyone else, Hellebuck is carrying this team, they have no business being as Good as the record is even though the record isn't that good kind of thing. I didn't think they had much. I wasn't really banking on them even making the playoffs. So I'm not like, you know, crushed. I'm not surprised by the way that the play in series kind of unfolded. I thought it was pretty fitting, given our year.
2: Right. Ryan, you got some uh, giggles going on there. What's happening on Twitter? or on Periscope well since we're live
4: we have to to read some of the comments Um, yeah go for it we got Kishore who's in here of course Uh he hosts some of our episodes he says he appreciates the uh, Blue Jackets swag and he said is Max point that Shifley is between Pat McAfee and Michael Jordan in quality (laughs) definitely and I didn't get that until now I see your jerseys hanging on the wall Uh, at not Zach I'm not even going to try to pronounce that says great a whole panel of the angriest of Twitter commenters
2: (laughs) Uh, I don't don't think we're that angry but
4: uh, we got Brianna saying what a bunch of good looking podcasters I think uh, Chris Uh, might know who that is yeah jet centric better than Biden this is very cool (laughs) What's your plan for healthcare care reform? And, uh, yeah, we'll come back and read some more.
2: All right, sounds good. Okay, I put up a poll, uh, Mac, uh, I'll go go to you. Um, well, not really a poll, just a- a- asking a question on Twitter the other day. The most exciting game of this last season, and basically two answers came up. The New Jersey comeback, I think it was game two, right? And then the Heritage Classic, which is kind of a fun one obviously they they won uh that game as well but for the most part this seems like a little bit of a forgettable season right i mean uh, being the angry fans that we are i gotta you know definitely shit on the season but uh, was was there kind of more positives out of the season or some games that that maybe you saw so uh what do you what do you think was your most exciting game i know and next year too just kind of as a point i'm curious how they're going to wrap things up too we'll kind of get to the attendance and all that nonsense too but next year's actually the Tenth season, so it feels mm-hmm. like they're going to try and go big and really pump that up and show there be some shoulder patches and why not where they they do that. But this year, this year, was there anything really really memorable about this season for you?
0: Even specific games or uh, players? You know, honestly, um, I'm I <laughs> I liked after the All Star break, um, they seemed to adjust their game slightly. We're really all complaining about the lack of creativity in the offensive zone, um, where everything was along the boards, along the boards. And it seemed right after they went on a little run, if I remember correctly, right after the All Star break, where they were actually bringing guys in from high to low, um, which obviously has a potential for causing odd man breaks the other way, which is, in my opinion, why they weren't doing it earlier in the season with how shitty their defense is. Um, and that was fun for a while because you're actually seeing the guys get to do some of the stuff that they are capable of doing. Um, so right after the All Star break, I, I did. I was actually kind of enjoying watching them play. Um, I liked what List was saying earlier. I liked the jump that uh, pullman made um, in the playoffs, if you'll call them playoffs. Um, Ealers the same. If we don't call them playoffs, then Ealers hasn't scored a goal in the playoffs. So oh, we must call them playoffs.
2: That's <laughs> yeah. uh, the
0: rule. Um, you know, and then Hellebuck kind of solidifying himself as a top five goaltender in the NHL. I mean, if you, if you're nominated for a Vesna two out of three years, you're top three or four guys in the whole league. So, um, a lot of us saw that coming. Um, all the angry fans that I know saw that coming when people were still wanting Pavlik in net, we were saying, no, 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 Hellebuck's the guy. And I think we're being proven, proven right. So those are some positives for me. Yeah.
2: Now, you talked about the power play, Ryan. Maybe I'll throw it to you at this. I know, uh, I'm 90% sure it was this season that Maurice talked about doing that thing where they switched, where Wheeler went to the other side and said, we've been working on this for, for years. It kind of lasted the first, what, six or seven games of the season. And they got away from that completely with the power play. They didn't really revisit any creativity. So I know a couple of the questions when I said that we're going to be recording were about the power play, how to fix it and and whatnot. Ryan, maybe do you have any suggestions of what they could do? And I will give you one idea that because we always got to mention Tony and he wants to probably slam us on parachute. I'm not reading right now, so maybe he is already, but talked about, I think it was Finland actually that uh, the junior team list, maybe you could speak to this too, uh, that would actually set up two guys behind the net and pass it back. So you always got your defenders uh, turn around, your bully doesn't know where it is. Ryan, do you see any hope for this power player? Is this just kind of uh the year that was and we just didn't maybe have the the manpower on the blue line to to make any difference
4: well it's been the same power play for how many years now and it's never evolved and it doesn't look like they've ever tried to do something different now yeah at the beginning of the season it looks like maybe they tried switching the wingers but it's the same dry thing where it has to go to wheeler every time and he tries to cross crease pass And if that doesn't work, then it goes back up to the point. who gives it to Wheeler, who tries across Crease Pass. Now, at the beginning of the episode here, we just talked about how uh, watching different teams. And that's where I was completely mind-blown. That when I'm watching Montreal, they have just what you said. They have two guys that are down low, and they're passing it back and forth behind the net, kind of causing chaos, having the defenders on the other team turn their backs to what's happening in the rest of the offensive zone. And they're able from there to make a quick pass and get a shot on goal. They need to do something different, and it can't be the same dump-and-chase power play that it has been. I noticed that in Calgary Game 1, I think, where their first power play, they dumped it in. Well, how do you fix that? You need to switch up that first unit completely. Get Nikolai Eulers on that first unit. Get him to gain A. I saw that face. (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, well, I mean, you're, you're, you're speaking my language. I know lots of people have been pining for that second unit to get more time for the last two years. Not even. Because
0: they, they seem to move of, a lot more. Go ahead. Sorry, AJ. It's not even second unit get to play. Put Ealers on the first unit.
2: Right. It yeah. adds a different and dynamic that the second
0: unit has. That's right. Sort of and when right. Shifley got hurt, he didn't. He should have put as first as first power play center. Just put him in that spot. And he didn't even do that.
4: No. No. Who did it end up being? I can't even remember who ended up taking the Roswell? two spots. Roslevic and someone else? Okay. I, I can't remember who filled in the two yeah. spots there.
3: It may have been Cop. Yeah,
4: maybe Kopp. Yeah, maybe Kopp in the middle, in Shifley's mm-hmm. spot. Like
3: that.
4: Right. So, and but that's how, not you trying anything different. That's just, they're forcing your hand, and then you just end up plugging in two players without changing the system that might suit those players better. I was watching
3: the um, Edmonton-Chicago series, and at one point, I guess Chicago's power play wasn't really working. I don't know if this is their regular setup or not, but they had a five-forward power play unit out there, because they didn't have, like, when you have Connor Murphy, Duncan Keith on the point, they weren't really, I don't know, so they had Alex Debrinkett, manning the point, because they didn't have anyone that they thought was, you know, going to control it, and that's, I feel like we could have done something like that with Neil Pionk on the point, because I just, he's not Bufflin. He's not even Truba, and neither is Morrissey, so it, I, I don't know, I thought that was really interesting, too. I was like, hmm, doesn't really change the system all that much, but gives you a bit of variety, I guess.
0: Listen, uh, yeah, that, oh, go ahead, Matt. The other thing is, is it ta- it's hard right now, because we're watching so much hockey, <clears throat> talking about the other teams, every other team is so much faster than us everything they do is fast they pass faster they skate faster they make faster decisions they kill penalties i was watching the coyotes kill penalties they still use a box which the jets use the box but the box moves like this like wherever the puck's going they're moving right then you have other pks where they attack the puck one guy just attacks wherever the puck is and they take shorter shifts columbus um the islanders uh montreal these teams have four checks, like relentless four checks, right? And they take short shifts, and that's what, and everything is fast. And then you watch the Jets, and it's like you're watching like 12 year olds. And they're such a skilled team. And it's not, it's, you know, it's not even making fun. It's like, why do you have this talent? If this is how you're going to play, you just dumb it down and dumb it down. And then on top of it, you still give up the most chances in the NHL. <laughs> if you're going to give up the most chances, open it up. Yeah, you know and that's what I've noticed the most is the speed of the other teams the Canucks how quickly they transition how quickly they pass Uh, obviously Vegas is the same as that Toronto when they're going is like that it's just crazy to me how slow our team
4: is how how slow they play I'm going to uh, talk about what you're mentioning with a forecheck and go back to sorry I'm going to talk about the Montreal Canadiens again because that's who I've been watching But they have a small, speedy team, kind of like the Winnipeg Jets are supposed to be. And people say, no, Winnipeg needs to be bigger, they need to be tougher. Well, right now, Montreal's up against a Philadelphia team who plays that big, tough game. And they are beating them in the forecheck. They're winning every puck battle. They're turning it over, and that's how they're getting their offensive chances. Because they're just relentless. They use their speed, not their size. So anyone that thinks they need to use or this team needs to get bigger? No, they just need to adopt a system that treats their build better. Now everyone's going to say, yeah, but Philly's up 2-1 on Montreal and to that I say, watch tomorrow night.
0: And it doesn't matter. Philly's a more talented team than Montreal. Montreal's not even supposed to be where they are right now. So it's not even a fair, that's not a fair comparison either. Here's the thing, I've been saying it for four years on this podcast. You pitch your coaching system to your talent, not the other way around. If you have Peyton Manning as your quarterback, you don't run the ball. Yeah, it's just that simple, right? And and whatever they're doing, it's not matching the, the, the talent that they have.
2: All right, I'm gonna take it in a different direction now. Uh, Listen, I'm gonna to throw to you with this uh, kind of question or topic. Uh, the Jets, you know, often in the media, Maurice, whatever, everybody has talked about the adversity that the team has faced. Every and I know Matt and I we're talking <laughs> every year. Yeah. There's always, always something, but, but this year felt probably more, uh, than most with the Bufflin situation kind of, and then obviously the injuries right at the end there too. but they talked about the adversity, which is kind of funny. Cause you're basically slamming the, your teammates <laughs> because you're saying we're not very good because of these guys that are uh, your, your teammates, but Sometimes, I I just want to get other people's read on this. Again, I was going to say, Mac and I, we chatted about this. And there's a difference between facing adversity and overcoming adversity. Did you see anything about the Jets that really made you think they overcame adversity? Or did they just face it? Because, I mean, really with, you know… It, by some people's estimation, one of the a Jack Adams candidate coach, right? We had a Vesna caliber goalie, and he's hopefully going to win that, right? Chris, you've often talked about like one of the deepest forward cores. So then it's their only problem is the D. But it's okay, guys, because we have like one of the best coaches. And, and and that D included Pyong, who, you know, everybody who hates Truba loves Pyong. So they get to the, win that argument there. You know, we got Morris. who has got his new contract. He's got the A now. We got the Mello, who's, who's good. And then there's a, you know, a couple fill-in guys. So, in my mind, I feel like they underperformed, but everyone seems to think that they um, faced a great adversity and look how they just got to this point. This feels like still pretty underwhelming. Did they actually overcome adversity? I, sorry, I'm going to just say one more thing. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, there's people who maybe grow up in a terrible home and maybe become CEOs and executives of businesses. And then there's other people that maybe you know get addicted to drugs and have real problematic things. So there's a the high and the low and it's kind of they both face adversity but there's like this binary but the Jets seem kind of just like you know in the middle somewhere so anyhow that's a long ramble I want to get everyone else's opinion about did they actually overcome anything or did they just play hockey you know this year with players and and nothing was really special or interesting about it Alyssa I
3: I don't know like I kind of find that to be a little bit of a tired argument for, like, oh, like, facing adversity. Like, obviously, yeah, like you said, the Buffalo thing and then a couple of injuries at the end. But name one team that doesn't have a significant injury or a significant thing happen that changes their plan in the year. Like, I find it's a really, like, a it's an easy thing to pawn off your issues. Like, Ryan said earlier, he said it's a scapegoat. Like, you know, it's like kind of just, like, throwing the blame stuff for when Actually, you know what? Your captain didn't really perform the way that everyone thought he should based on how much he's getting paid. And, you know, you're... um yeah, exactly, your power play sucked. Like, you know, I feel like it's easier to pin it on things that didn't happen or that could have happened instead of things that actually did. Um, So, yeah, I would say that the underperformance is probably an accurate description. I don't think they really overcame any adversity. I didn't see them making any really big adjustments to sort of fit the new situations that they found themselves in, but I don't know. That's just me.
2: Yeah. It's almost like people think that if they didn't overcome the adversity, they would have been you know, 31st in the league. And it's like with this talent, with this goalie, that's, that was never an option, right? The 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 worst would have been 11th in the West. They should be no lower than that. And they were ninth, right? At the time of things ending and really, you know, one or two or losses away from being 11th for the most part. Mac, did you have anything to say about that? Because I know that you enjoy this topic so much.
0: No, I agree with you 100%. There was no overcoming anything. Um, <clears throat> again, you lost your best defenseman. That's the only adversity that, that happen, um, and you screwed up again by with the guys you brought in to replace them, and and before that, right? You you brought in these three or four completely useless defensemen. Um, you could have had good players for minimum wage, and you chose the bad ones. Yeah. Um, so and again, they didn't like you said it perfectly. They didn't achieve anything more than they should have given their mm-hmm. circumstance. If if they come out and they finish third in their division, you know, and then you go, wow, look at that. They finished third in their division without Bufflin and, uh, you know, with this crappy decor, but Hellebuck pulled them and uh, uh, pulled them up into third place and they're going to get, or maybe they're fighting for home ice advantage. That's overcoming adversity. And we could go through the list since 2011 of the adversities they've had. Mm-hmm. Right? They're in the wrong division. Then there was a strike. And then Uh, You know, they fired the coach, and then there's every year there's been something, (laughs) right? They had Andre
4: Pavlik in that. (laughs) And
0: then, and then, and then, you give your coach an A this year.
4: And an extension? You
2: yeah. You can't can't have a yeah. Your GM can't be an A. Your coach be an A. Your players be an A. But your results be a C. And everyone goes, "We did it. We got achieved C results with all that, right?"
0: So. Yeah, he. They did an A plus. They did an A. They did an A. They did an A. But we finished in twenty third in the league. That makes sense. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, Ryan. Let's throw it over to you. Is there anything happening on Periscope or Twitter? Do people slamming us? Is this uh, fun for anyone? Or um, any questions? The,
4: the support is unreal. Um, we got some. Are we taking over Biden? Us we, I and think Biden. We're both the same amount of viewers as Biden,
2: right,
4: but okay. we're almost as incoherent as Biden.
2: Sleepy centric. The kids play with my leg hair, and
4: we got a question here. It says, "How much do you think Chipman has to say in hockey matters?" Um, who wants to take that one? Because I think we know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I I don't think any of us know for sure because we're not in the building, but I think I saw on Twitter today somebody say. Something about Chevy. If Chevy wanted to keep his job, he'd fire the coach. And somebody responded, "Chevy has no choice in firing the coach." And that's, and that's all we need to know for about a that.
4: While,
0: right. Right. I mean, when Maurice got hired, it was like he's also an assistant GM. That was said at the press conference, and he's he's number two in the in the franchise pecking order. Chipman then Maurice. Yeah.
4: Seems
2: fair. That seems what looks like it what plays out at least right so yeah i th- I think that's a fair statement
4: next question is the if the jets run a five forward power play who goes where and why is wheeler and peonk spot perfect <laughs> i think maybe they're <laughs> just suggesting something and not uh not asking a question do um,
2: you have anything about the power play you want to say about that five forwards you mentioned it so uh, oh
3: I did. I don't know if it would work for our team or not. I didn't think too hard about who would go where, but it'd be fun to see, I think. Good. I but I feel like you you have a lot there that you could work with. I just don't know who would play the point.
4: There's no defenseman on this team that really has a a slab shot like Bufflin. So you could probably put anyone up there because Pionk doesn't have a bomb. Morrissey. I think the biggest thing is just hard. adding
2: Sorry, I was going to say, I just think that adding more movement to the power play is the biggest thing. And I don't yeah. think the personnel is the main issue. It's the fact that they just kind of stand around and uh, wait for some that. And then they take up the first minute and a half. And then the second unit is a little more dynamic because they have healers. And then it's over. Right. And that's that's kind of it. So it worked for a while, just like that. Uh absorbing power uh, penalty kill worked for, for a season, season and a half too and then people figured it out or they just got on the wrong side of luck and then it was over so they got to kind of reinvent it a bit but really the biggest reinvention like a couple of you guys have said when you watch other teams is the speed, the movement I mean that's what hockey is, don't stand still and we do too much of that.
0: So let's be honest, it, the reason why and I have a tweet from about four years ago that says just watch what the Washington Capitals do for Ovechkin and do it For Laine, like just copy it exactly what they do, and I've had a lot. I've had some people say, "Well, they've got Johansson and they've got this and that." Well, we've got we've got skill guys too that can make those plays. And remember, two years ago when Shifley used to score from the slot when Laine didn't, they've missed that now. Um, you know what I mean? So you need to get that back and just do what. If, if Ovechkin can score 350 power play goals, yeah. Lining can do it too. Yes. Agreed. All right. Um,
2: Ryan, I was going to ask you, maybe uh, throw this over to you, uh, just talking about the coaching and everything. Paul Maurice made some comments about their inter-team analytics the other day. I was wondering if you, did you hear that or no? I was going to ask you you had any strong... Comp- no, Ryan, you, you have that face of someone who didn't follow the team. He was too busy following the Canadians, folks. He Paul did not Murray hear it.
4: said that his expected goals stats are way different from the publicly available stats.
2: There it is. That's the one.
4: Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I did not listen to a word you said. I was reading something on Periscope, but I think I must have caught a word or two because I, I got it eventually.
2: Yeah. Anyhow, I, I just... I. It was an interesting comment. Again, I know it's one that they made before. I think, Chris, if you you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they even talked about that at the pre-season whatever, the fan forum, right? I think they even talked about their their analytics and basically by their analytics, what they're trying to measure, they're measuring very well, but they're measuring the wrong things. For instance, if you dump the puck in, you're you're recovering the puck 51 percent of the time, so that looks good. But still, carrying the puck in is better. That's a you know just a rough rough example. So just talking about their analytics, maybe you have a bit more of a comment on it because I know uh, you were there for for that and probably caught Maurice's comments about the analytics and what they're using and doing with it.
0: Yeah, we have that had that conversation before. I could ha- make up my own analytic for anything, and it, but I don't know if that result's going to help me win, right? Right. If I feel if I eat thirty five hundred calories a day I'm gonna lose weight. And I <laughs> and I eat thirty five hundred calories a day and I put on weight, I'm hitting my no no. Litig- no, no. <laughs> no, no. You
2: you eat thirty five hundred calories a day and at the end of the day you cut off your arm and you did in fact lose the weight. <laughs> well then your analytics were completely correct.
0: Right. You know, exactly. So you you, you can if you if what you're measuring isn't going to give you the results you need, it doesn't matter what the fuck you're measuring. Right. So I'm glad that they have great puck retrieval stats. Dumping the puck in doesn't work. I'm glad that your expected goals for and goals against um, are better than the public's. Whatever it is doesn't work. Right. So yep. <laughs> you can measure whatever you want. Remember, he also said that night, Charlie Huddy said that night that Logan Stanley was good because he played 26 minutes a night on a team that went 25 and 5. Right. That's not an analytic. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Right, that he played lots you of play- minutes. Yeah. You played a lot on a team that won. How many goals were you on the ice for? Like, they're, they're, oh, they're oh. how many, sorry, Liz, how many times have I got to say it? They're, like, the best AHL team in the NHL. <laughs> Liz, what were you going to say?
3: No, I was just going to make a joke about that time that the that the Jets, they pulled up the, the stat about Hellebuck, and they're like, he faced the most high danger shots of any NHL oh, yeah, game this year. Yeah, by the numbers, <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, by like, the okay. Numbers. okay. Whoever is doing buy-the-numbers for you're self-owning yourself. Every single one of them was a cell phone, right? Like, what what (laughs) are we pumping up here? Those are the wrong things. Pump up milestones, you know. uh, Wheeler getting 600 points or whatever. Like, there's way more things to celebrate than um, some of the the buy-the-numbers things that they came up with. Then they did it with the Moose, too.
0: Right, Max? And they did it last year. They did the keys to the game, and they weren't doing any keys. Keys (laughs) to the game. The Rangers have lost six out of their last nine. Nailed it. Yeah. Awesome.
2: Yeah, that's a that's, uh, <laughs> poster board material or whatever it's called for them to, so team to get those.
1: Those are the internal
2: ones. analytics
0: of the Winnipeg Jets,
2: folks. Yeah, that's too much cell phone. Um, let's let's uh, go to you. We'll be the first one to comment. Uh, Brian Little, long term injury coming and that's essentially a retirement, but we don't get to say he's officially retired for three or four years or do you think Brian Little's coming back? I think as soon as he's on LTIR, uh, I think that's the end. Right? That's I think everybody's understanding. It's a I think uh, Rob. Robert mentioned Nathan Horton was something like that. I think Chris Pronger was something oh, yeah. where they just do that for, for a long time. So they continue to get the medical help from the team. They continue to get paid, but they also come off the, the cap. So uh, kind of everybody wins. I, guess, I don't know if insurance pays the money or whatnot, but um, it's kind of a win-win. So we will not see a Brian little retirement, even if he's planning on retire retiring or being done for a couple of years. True. So is that your uh, list? Is that a safe bet that you think uh, Brian little is done? I don't
3: don't think he's coming back and I think that you know if he was 25 and he had an injury like this that maybe you'd see him in a few years but I just think the amount that he's gone through and for how old he is and just for like the given the current situation I just don't think it makes any sense and I don't think it's going to happen and I don't see him really being a super super big addition to our team even though we do need stuff down the middle I don't think he's the answer. Um, but for his own health and safety, and just like logically speaking, I don't think he's coming back.
2: Right. Ryan, did you catch his um, his final presser that he gave?
4: I didn't. Um, no. But I had a I had a situation that I don't know if this would be possible, but if you think he is done, do you think the Jets ask him, hey, can we expose you in the expansion draft? And then we dangle a draft pick in front of Seattle's face and say if you take him off the books for us, we give you this or that instead of them taking one of our roster players?
2: I like it. I love all conspiracies. Do it.
4: It's not a conspiracy. Yes. I think that's something that would would just happen. Like look what Winnipeg yeah. did uh, with Las Vegas. Hey, if you take this Pine Rider off our hands will give you whatever it was, right? We probably
2: we probably have to get in the weeds a little bit there with the CBA to know if a player who's on LTIR or IR could actually be exposed, or would have to be quote unquote a healthy player. I'm not sure what that is, and if there's different expansion rules in Vegas, because even if you when they did theirs, you might have to go back to see even what they did, but it, it might be different. But that that seems like a, an option if it's possible.
4: Yeah, I Sorry. think so too.
2: Mac,
0: you got um. One? yeah I think it's I was saying to somebody today it's funny that uh, Chevy's gonna fall ass backwards into 13 million dollars of salary cap space over the summer and like <laughs> once again Chevy not doing moves are the moves that are gonna be the best yeah. I just it's just you couldn't write a better script this is like Adam Wasney, uh gold here uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you know the sort of thing that he just you know, that like you honestly. He's going to get all that salary cap space by having two players retire with questionable contracts.
4: So I guess that leads to one of the questions that we were left here on Periscope. And it says, what do the Jets need to do to consider the offseason a win? What do you need? A second center? A top pairing defenseman? Both. both?" (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, uh, I'm. We're, we're going to go to this, and I'm going to probably defer to the list mostly because I know that she's into the juniors more than, than us. But I would love to see them just get rid of as much of the old as possible and bring in the young guys, especially like uh, J.C. LePon went to Europe today. I, I'm guessing Veselinan is going to. Um, Spacek, I think, did as well. Hinola uh, is going to be over there. I would love to see those guys get primed for the season because they're going to start in September, October, and, and have uh, – regular season as far as it looks like in, in Finland and, and uh, I was going to say Iceland Finland and, and Sweden and uh, so if those guys could kind of be ready coming into training camp I would love to see uh, Veselainen I'm not even talking about where they're at skill wise I'm just saying building for the future if you could have Veselainen Gustafsson Heinola Sandberg and Niku and there. I don't know if Niku's time is is done with the Jets, so it seems like he's not ever getting a chance. But if those guys could be in that rotation right away, you get rid of all the the guys. I mean, maybe buy out Perot or trade him. You know, maybe you trade Blake Wheeler. I don't know. <laughs> but list. What, what do you what do you think of the idea? Would that be a win for the the off season? You don't have to use up all that this cap space. Maybe you use this time. You know, these players developing in Europe to to. Um, you know, to your advantage and bring them into the fold uh, somewhat more ready than they have been already.
3: What's that, that quote that's like, I would rather um, the team play someone uh, someone young who might be bad over someone old who is bad kind of thing? <laughs> and I feel like that's a good mentality to go into the, the next season with because we do have so many, that that whatever you want to call it, like 2014, 15, 16 draft class there, like the guys who are about that age, we have so many of them from different picks that are just like, they're so good, and they're not going to get the chance when you still have, you know, your wheelers that are never getting off the first line, and you still have your pros who, I, I like pro, but, you know, maybe someone else, you know, could come and he's kind of replaceable, in my opinion, on the team sort of thing. And I feel like there are lots of guys that we have on the moose and also um, some random guys in junior and college that could definitely come on. And, you know, we're not a cup contender the next year, so why not bring in these guys and give them a try? See how Enola works with, you know, Morty or Sandberg or DeMello and just, like, things like that. Give it a try. See how it works. I don't know.
2: I like that you included DeMello. So you're... you're he's getting re-signed. Is that it?
3: Absolutely he is. That's the only you, one I care about re-signing. But, you you, know, you know, run, we're run the Hangar
4: Hockey account? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I run Just memes.
4: Oh, there we go. Right. <laughs> you see um, the... The poll online. Who should a jet, jet sign? And... Oh,
1: I was gonna bring that oh,
4: up, God. yeah. And Cody Vol- yeah, Vol- Eakin over Kulikov, which is somewhat fair. Boliu over DeMello, and over. There was one Niku? other
2: one. No. no, Who was the last one? I can't hey, remember.
3: Our UFAs this year uh, are like um, Kulikov, Boliu, Spiza, Potato, like whatever. Resign DeMello and get rid of the rest of them and bring in the young guys. That's kind of my take on that one, just because. No, keep like Bolu. you don't want. <laughs>
4: bull has right. to stay From i mean, the second that he was brought in he was my rock star i said he was going to be great because he was a former montreal canadian and i knew that's all he does is bring greatness that's my optimist that is gonna compete with joe biden
1: <laughs>
2: mac you is it with that okay so now i've kind of presented the idea List. Yeah. My bottom right yeah. corner is that is that a win for the offseason save the money bring the young guys develop them and maybe get
0: the mellow side that would be sort of a win
2: okay we're so we next
0: year but we know this is the reason why i'm not on every episode because i don't <laughs> look i don't look micro right i look macro at all these things and this is the problem is that <laughs> this is the problem with paul Maurice, right is it's it's not an option It's an option for every other team in the league. It's an option for all the fans. It's the smart move, but that's not how he runs a team. You have to have your idiots. You have to have your guys that can't skate. You have to have big dumb defensemen that can't pass or skate, right? That's what he looks for. And so even if that's the right move, it's not gonna happen. So now you gotta go, okay, can Chevy find a defenseman that's six foot four but can skate and pass a puck that's how you win the off season, right because he did that for a little while there where he got rid of the guys right before the run the, the big run he got rid of the guys that were maurice guys and replaced them with better versions of that you got to do it again i said to somebody last night <laughs> the jets if they're drafted and develop if they really are they should never have a guy over the age of 30 on their team yes right when shifley's contract is up see you later trade them the last year they never should have signed wheeler they never should have just keep fucking pumping it over forget it because no hockey player gets better at 30 i see all of our buddies on twitter talking about bringing in is it uh who's the defenseman everybody wants to bring in yeah come on he's fine but no nine million dollars at 32 years old or whatever he is. 30,
4: he's 30 years, years old. He made six and a half this year.
0: Yeah, but he's going to go up, right? Yeah. Nobody ever over 30. If you're drafting develop, yeah. you're out. Yeah. You're out. And, and it, when you look at all of
2: our best players, it's like none of our best players, uh, and even our best depth players, I would say, except maybe Perot when he was like two years ago kind of thing, none of them are players that – or all of, the, all of our best players are the ones that we've drafted right? It's not the ones that we didn't get some trade where we're like, this is the best trade ever, you know, sort of a one for one where we're the ones that got the Taylor Hall and we gave up a Larson, right? We we never had that, right? And there's never a free agent that's like, I can't believe we got the most coveted free agent. Not that I could think of off the top of my head. And obviously I'm, you know, leaving out the fact that we had you absorb the Atlanta guys, right? I mean, getting uh, Wheeler and Bufflin and, and, and uh, Little, right? The, so our skilled players were from, from there yeah. too, but it's all guys that we draft. So why not just draft and then once they're, you know, see if it, you can kind of it, do the three years and then bridge them for two and then see if you can sign them for five and then get rid of them because you've drafted 70 guys in that kills like, me. 10 years, seven right. a year.
0: It kills me that they don't love their own players. right like they let dano and patan go they won't give harkins and all these guys like these are your guys not the other guys if you if these are your guys play them yeah that just drives me nuts
2: all right ryan can you look up actually the tweet about uh topics for tonight i want to show some respect to the people that did actually post some questions not just the periscope questions if you could look up that tweet and while you're doing that list um, I was going to ask you about the Morrissey contract, because I think it actually, doesn't it kick in now this year, the 6.75 or 2.5? I think it starts. So now without Truba, we've seen, I don't care if people hate Truba, but without Truba Morrissey, has it quite looked like himself? Does that contract look as good as it did at the time when we were all celebrating it? Or like, was this just a down year? Or is he maybe not as good as we thought? because we saw him and Trubo, and Trubo, maybe not as good as we thought either, those who thought he was good, but apart, they haven't seemed to be as successful. So, what do you think of that Morrissey contract?
3: Well, first of all, Trubo is still good, and I will die on that hill. Okay. Um, okay. um, I don't know. I feel like one year can be a bit tough to sort of judge, you know, the rest. Like, you know, the past four years, I really liked him and I thought he was good, whatever. And again, yeah, maybe it's because he had a good partner. This was a bit of a weird year. I don't think it's an awful contract. Obviously, I'm not as excited about it as I was when he first signed it. But I don't think it's a terrible move. I don't think it's a Wheeler contract. I don't think it's a little contract. I like, I think, but it's no Mark Scheifele contract kind of thing. You know, like I feel like it's it's okay. But I think he'll, you know, sort of find his role in this team as the year or like within the next year, two years kind of thing. And hopefully we can get some more defensemen to work with him and stuff like that.
2: Right. All right. Mac, I turn it over to you. Uh, you always got to have your chance to talk about Hellebuck. What do you want to say about his season and uh, what he did for the team? And then we'll go back to Ryan and see if he's got some more questions or funny comments for us.
0: Yeah. I. <laughs> you can't say much else. He should have, as we talked about before, he should have actually been a Hart Trophy candidate. Um, your the most valuable player to your team. If he's not on that team, they're thirtieth in the league, right? Um, if Drysidle's not on the Oilers, they probably are pretty close to the same team. Uh, McKinnon, okay, maybe they drop to Jets level uh, without him. But the Jets are the worst team in the league, second worst team in the league without Hellebuck and it was just incredible.
4: Yeah.
2: So he's gonna win the Vesna. That's your. I, I don't. The-
0: even small market all that shit i think there's he he can't not i think some of the guys uh, the fringe twitter guys the guys that aren't real media uh, have probably made a good enough case for him right uh, so that the mainstream guys and uh and the hockey world if you will has noticed how right. much better he was than the other two guys
4: right
2: right on that's fair ryan uh do you have anything else for us uh, or comments we're or just... questions
4: we were just talking about Petrangelo, but this goes oh, with a question. You're glitching Am I? No. Am I good? Uh oh. I think we lost AJ.
3: Not you, it's him.
4: Yeah, you're the problem. Go figure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so just kidding. Oh, he's back. Uh, okay, so someone asked, Jets need to stop gap till talent develops on I'm D. Back. Who are the guys Chevy goes for? Now we talked about Petrangelo, and I just quickly Googled what's a t- top twenty UFAs. Now this is all positions. After Petrangelo, you have Tory Krug, who's twenty eight years old and making over five million dollars. I don't think that's the right move. Tyson Berry, five and a half million. He's twenty nine years old. Um, don't say Cody CC. TJ Brody. Cody CC. <laughs> TJ Brody, who's twenty nine years old, and then that... and then. Here is a player that I think they do go for. Travis Hamanick. He's 29 oh, yeah. years He'll old. He'll be he's here. That's, that's almost men. guaranteed. But he's hometown, right? Uh, you gotta bring and he's the been wanting to be here. Yeah, and yeah. he wants to be here. And yeah. I'm not going to say anything bad about Travis Hamanick, but He's, he's a fine, though. He's a penalty killer. He's not good five on five. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then at the bottom of this list, Dustin Bufflin. He's available. He hasn't officially just, retired. He's a UFO. He hasn't retired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just go find his address on Reddit and go bug him.
2: I, to, to I just want to say, pretty much every podcast we've ever talked about Buff, I said I think he's a Jet next year. And I'm going to just stay with that now because I've said it so much that it's as ridiculous as it sounds. I'm still going to ride that because if that, uh, at the 0. .0001% chance it happens, I'll look like a genius if that happens, so. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. But if I don't that think it's happens, gonna be bothered. They're
4: gonna have to reinforce the guy's skates. The guy well, has that's... been sitting <laughs> on the couch or in the fishing boat, not moving. He is man. gonna be a massive man.
2: Well, if you look at the D, kind of to an earlier conversation that Liz and I had both touched on with the young guys. If you have Morrissey, you have Pyonk under contract next year, you have hopefully DeMello, Right, And then Pullman, look, we admit that he he looked good in the, the series here. I mean, he's a third pair. But, I mean, if you start bringing in sort of as a rebuilding year, Heynola, who's going to be playing, you know, starting up in September, he's going to have two or three months under his belt. Uh, Sandberg, hopefully they send him overseas. I'm not even sure if he can or, or whatnot before the Moose start up because NHL, NHL likely not until December. So if you get Sandberg in there and if you get Niku, I mean, that's a pretty good core of guys. There's not anybody that stand out. But that's a pretty good group to sort of pull from and especially like Chris and I have always talked about why not have a guy in your press box not to live there right but actually every game you rotate you know your you know five six seven guys in so you always have guys kind of rotating in you could do that with that and see who sort of you know what cream rises to the crop out of them so I would say don't go after any of those guys Right. Wait till you have an even better free agent class, and you're actually going to be making a push. Don't just sign Oli Jokinen. Right? Like, let's we're not let's not do this again. Just to stop. Yeah. Like your young guys, like Chris said, don't not like your young guys. Get them in, play them. So, no crew, no any of those guys. But obviously, add Hamannik to that list. He's, uh, yeah, been making a, a home here, more homey. So I think that's going to be happening anyhow. Which that's probably
0: the- puts Niku again on the outside. I was just gonna say the thing is they bring in Hamannik and they re-sign DeMello. they're out of guys now, right? Yeah. And either or Hainola, or Niku, or all three of them don't even play. Yeah. If you start doing math, right? Yeah. And and so here's the question then, is um, do they think they're gonna win next year? Because that will dictate who is who, right? If they think, hey, we're only Travis Hamonic and Cody Ceci away, right? Because yeah. that's how these big brains think over <laughs> over at the iceplex. That's why they have those jobs and we don't, you guys. Yeah. We get a big tough CC and we get big tough penalty killing Hamonic, and all of a sudden our PK is in the top ten, and guess what? We can win a Stanley Cup.
2: Yeah. Alyssa, while you're gone, uh, you missed it. Uh, Ryan just announced that uh, Jean-Luc uh, Broussard, or whatever the hell his name is from Columbus, has been traded to the Winnipeg Jets for Blake Wheeler. So you missed that announcement. While you're gone. <laughs> to
3: be with his dad in Manitoba, I'm telling
2: you, it's going to come one of these years. Yeah. We'll, we'll take Josh back. Anderson. There we go. We're fighting for Josh Anderson. Pack it a
3: deal. Take Blake Wheeler and Cal.
4: Yeah. Pro.
2: <laughs> 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 yep. All
4: right.
2: All um, right. I wanted to kind of throw to something a little bit different. Uh, I was trying to come up with all of them. I came up with five. But there was, and I'm not going to say that there are fails from an organizational standpoint, but I could think of five fails that the organization had PR-wise. You guys are probably going to know where I had to go with these. But I think internally, they liked how everything was handled because it's sort of, we just don't talk about it. And that's sort of the way that they handle it. But I'm curious what you guys maybe overall think of the way that the team continues to do things. But obviously the Buff situation, nothing sinister, right? According to Maurice at the fan forum, um, that situation kind of, they never really explained it. I know there's privacy and and, and whatnot uh, going on there too. But I mean, it, they left the, a lot of fans really upset with the team or really upset with Buff, right? Not really understanding the situation. I don't think it was fair. I don't know. I, I mean, they, he lives in the limelight. So, but at the same time, you got to give people privacy, but the buff situation, as far as a communication of it to the fans, I don't think was very good or very fair for what it's worth. Um, the, at the beginning of the COVID, they were the first team to say, we're definitely not paying <laughs> the employees, right? The part-time employees that are coming, which I just met one today, one that worked at my uh, ticket thing. And uh, let me tell you, it, uh, this COVID thing has hurt MTS employees too, that use it as a part-time job. So uh, she was very sweet though. Uh, it's funny that she actually right at where my tickets were. So, um, But they're not paying employees. That seemed like a bit of a PR fail. The Kevin Sawyer thing that took 10, 11, 12, 13 days to finally address. Uh, I know some people will say, well, he's TSN's guy, but I mean, Scott Brown was commenting on it. So it felt like that they were okay to make some kind of comment about it, but not really have him address anything, even though uh, he was technically supposed to be off. And then the Paul Maurice extension, I guess maybe it had four things. Uh, the extension, maybe you guys think of either where they announced it at the Heritage thing. And then he went on to basically say, yeah, it was pretty much done last summer. That didn't sit well with me. And I know a lot of people because what if the Jets went 0-82? Does the guys still have a job just because they talked about last summer and it's everything is just kind of fine. That didn't really sit well that you can sign that extension and make a big deal about it in the middle of the season, as opposed to, look, we're actually doing our due diligence and evaluating the season afterwards. It didn't look like an evaluation off of much at all. So uh, maybe Ryan will start with you. I know you look like you're reading something right now, but uh, what's your take on the Jets uh, PR and how things were handled? And again, I think that they are happy with how they handled things, but I think as a fan, how do you think most fans kind of respond to um those things in the communication? Or is it just us because we paid way too much attention to this shit?
4: Yeah, I think think it's overanalyzed a lot, but I also think that they've screwed up a lot. The Bufflin thing, I don't think you could handle it any different. They said it's nothing sinister, and I believe it was nothing sinister. I don't believe there was a big fight between the team and Bufflin. I think Bufflin just... After having so many injuries, he said, screw it, I'm out of here. Obviously, huge blunder with not paying the arena staff. I mean, how did you not expect that to backfire? And you're going to end up paying them anyways. So you end up paying them anyways, why didn't you just do it in the first place and not have all this backlash against you? So, I, I don't know, I don't pay too much attention to what Scott Brown tweets out. Yeah, but I know you don't. Um, well, because the only media you need to follow about the Jets is Jet Centric. Why would you have oh. to follow Scott Brown when you get all your news here?
3: That's all I
2: follow. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. Liz, Thanks. what do you have any comments about the the PR stuff? Was it a debacle, or was it handled exactly how it should? And we're not entitled to any of this information because we're just paying fans. We're not.
3: Because we're just you know, angry. None yeah. None of our business, <laughs> right? I don't know. I just think that this team is a little bit like I I don't know if I want to go like it's you know coaching maybe GM maybe organizational all the way up it just doesn't seem like they care very much about like the actual results I feel like they just kind of like see what looks good to them on paper and just do it no matter what kind of thing like I feel like there's a lot of like you said like you know Paul Maurice you know you go 0-82 they probably still sign him because that's what they wanted to do and I feel like they don't really care what results you can go back to the power play you know what like this looks really good to us when you draw it out on the map we're gonna keep doing it even though they can't score and just things like that. So I feel like it was almost one of those disappointed but not surprised kind of things. Like, I feel like nothing that they did was very unexpected and obviously like it wasn't like awful with anything that they did other than that, the wage thing, cause that was a bit rough for them. Um, but you know, just doesn't get you excited about an organization when that's kind of
0: some of the stuff that you see coming from it. I don't know.
2: Right. Mac, I know
0: well, you Yeah, you're no, we, eat down we well, we talked about it the same, um, at the fan forum is uh, I heard way too many, uh, this is a family, and we're a family, we're a family. I've said it before on this show, it's not, it's not show friends, it's show business, right? Like, there shouldn't be friends, there shouldn't be loyalty. This is about winning hockey games. And if you win, you have people in the seats. We talked end of the year last year about fans were getting unhappy. We were the first ones out of anybody that we're talking about The atmosphere in the arena, unhappiness, all of that shit, we're the first ones to talk about it. Mm. And, you know, we're seeing that. you got to be good. And you're not good if you're not trying to get better all the time. Like I said to somebody, even if you think Paul Maurice is a great coach, even if that's what you think, there's no way that you can be sitting at home right now and not think that there's a better coach. Unless it's Scotty Bowman, there's somebody better. Unless you have Michael Jordan on your team, there's a better player, right? And and so you can't just be comfortable being 17th or 19th in the league. AJ and I have talked about this before. You know, 30 games into a baseball season, if you're out 10 games out, fucking trade everybody. <laughs> you're just going to ride out the whole season like that? No, yeah, do
2: 100, something. 130 more games,
0: yeah. Yeah, do something. Basketball teams. How does a basketball team finish 15 and 62? Trade some people. Fire some people, do something, right? Like not every year. Sometimes you gotta rebuild, but when you're this constant, you know middling middling in the middle in the middle, right? You gotta do something, right? And well because the jets
3: they peaked in twenty eighteen and it's kinda like going down from there. I see what you mean. It's like you gotta do something, otherwise that's gonna be the best they're ever gonna be, you know.
0: And that's why the Wheeler thing is so disappointing, right? Because that was the window to trade him. Because that wasn't that was a, more of a fluke 2018, right? We've talked about this before. That wasn't their year to win the Stanley Cup. Their year to win the Stanley Cup should be, like, next year. Because they would have the three or four guys they got in the Wheeler trade, plus two more years of good draft picks, because they wouldn't have been as good as they have been. And then you have all your guys in the prime. You have your Shifley, Liney, Connor, Roslevic, right? You have all of them. This should have been... Next year and the year after should have been their cup run, not two years ago. And they, I get it, you got to go for it. And I get it, you got to sign your captain because he wants to be here and and that's good for PR and all that shit. I get why they did it, but they dropped ball. It's fighting them, them now. Yeah. It's two, it was two years, or well, it was four years early, is what it was. It took them three extra oh. years to get there than it should have. And then they weren't quite there anyway. They should have traded Little and Wheeler. Kept Bufflin and
2: Yeah. And which, now which, think, which kind of goes to your point just of how we talked already last season, some of the first ones mentioning it, that I mean like the tenants I don't, I don't want to say attendance issues, but they have their first non-sell but we know that excitement is low. We see a lot of stuff online of people not renewing their tickets, myself included with my group, when nobody of the eight of us, everybody was out, right? And so that's just a small sampling, but, I, and there's some people that are diehard and some of us that just don't need to pay to go and everything, but when the interest goes down, you need to kind of give the people something like wear the heritage jerseys 20 times instead of two or three, right? There, there's other things you can do to pump it up. They, they have been making some efforts and, and, and whatnot for the, improvements in the building but um, yeah we'll we'll see if it's enough obviously COVID is a hard reset for everybody but the problem is when you get those hard resets then the excuses all reset and we Chris and I we've spoken about this so many times it's just we can just use the travel excuse again next year or the injury thing or this person's not ready yet well they're not ready because you didn't play them right so every excuse coming out of COVID everything resets and everybody's going to forget sort of what they were moving towards which just seemed was like mostly mediocrity uh, in, in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my point. And uh, if my boss is watching right now, um, yes, this is your Andrew Ladd bobblehead doll. Kids used to tell me I looked like Andrew Ladd, so let's see.
4: <laughs> I, 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 like thought, I thought it was it's you and person. me that looked alike.
2: Yeah, me and Ryan look alike. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, twins. It's the same exactly person. The same. It's the same person.
4: Yeah. Um, I think we should get to some of the Twitter questions now. We've been... absolutely over an hour now um just want a couple shout outs here i see kevin o is in here um i always knew he'd want to take some pointers off me on how to actually (laughs) talk about the winnipeg jets so thank you for (laughs) uh for watching and if you need any more pointers you can hit me up in the dms uh chris flores has given us 838 hearts in chat and let's get to Don't, some. You're going to
0: jinx it. One for each DeMello tweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't jinx it.
4: Once for All every of them in the Calgary series.
2: <laughs> any, any other Twitter co- uh, comments or questions we should know about or Periscope uh, comments or
4: questions? I think we've kind of, I know it's freezing right everything. now. My internet's struggling to keep up. So the stream is freezing a bit, but it. Okay. Uh, but I think we've kind yeah, of I only more thing that I want people to have asked, like. We've kind of covered everything right here, right? Um, So let's get to the actual Twitter questions. One that were asked uh, earlier before the stream.
2: Oh, the best looking Jets.
4: That's a separate episode. That is four hours. That's a three-parter. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Let's just go right now. This we'll do it real quick. Okay. Uh, Who who's the best looking Jet? We'll start with. uh, Let's (laughs) get
4: to the Twitter questions.
2: That was one of the Twitter questions. Was it? Yeah, well, who's the best looking jet from Graham? Alyssa yeah. who's the best looking jet. Don't screw this up.
3: <laughs> I know, I know you're gonna hate Mark Shifley.
0: Sorry. Oof. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Or Adam Lowry. Or Adam okay. Lowry. Okay. From what I, the consensus, I, I don't believe this is, is <laughs> no. You know what? He's side ugly. He's good looking from the front, but he's ugly from the side. He's not even good looking from the side. Hold well, Who Who are you talking about? Uh, Frisla, from the side, is oh, will But from the front, from every, every, angle.
2: every
0: angle. Every angle. Uh uh-uh. uh. But um, right. Lowry, right. Lowry is the one that everybody. But he doesn't win because of those fucking fedoras. Take off the hat. <laughs> Dude, leave the hat alone. No, nope. no, nope. no. Nope. You gotta
2: stop. It's gotta stop. Ryan, Ryan, do you want to? in of
4: fashion choices, Alyssa's been wearing sunglasses indoors for the last hour. <laughs> Only
0: people that wear sunglasses indoors are blind people and assholes, List.
3: <laughs> no, it's because my head is a weird shape, and I use it to cover up my head. I do it all the time.
4: <laughs> That's why we're wearing hats. Ryan, who do you have? <laughs> For best-looking jet? Best-looking jet. I think Bull is a good-looking jet.
3: Oh, come on. This yeah, we're is done. We're done. We're done.
4: End it. End it. I guess we I don't have a up. good taste in the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> He won't
0: hit you. He won't pass the puck, but he will blow you over.
2: (laughs) I know a lot of people mention Morrissey and Wheeler in this, but I think of them as sort of beauty pageant hot, like where it's sort of just the most typical good looking, and it's not really that good looking or interesting at all. Chris and I have talked about this. We do not have that great looking of a team. Russo may not be a Jet after this. I think he's a UFA anyhow, so maybe I'm not sure if we can count him. But I think when you're looking at the guys that uh, are going to be with the team for a bit, Adam Lowry is hard to, to to bet against uh, out of all of them. I was slow to come around on the Adam Lowry. Me too. Uh, he's, he's the best looking Jet by far.
4: Here, I put... I'm glad we covered this. I, I put Boll you up on the screen so the stream can see. See? <laughs>
1: what a, he's a good looking guy. a handsome I, man. I,
4: hey. Okay, I want to get. Listen, I want to
2: ask you a, a serious question, though. About uh, back to hockey, there's often people have been talking about uh, Andrew Kopp as a two C. A lot of people resist that because he's not "quote unquote" skilled enough. I'm wondering if you could kind of give us a brief rundown of why Kopp should be a two C, because I think you're probably in that that camp. But I see it as two separate. Uh, uh, camps where there's basically people that think of skilled players and people that think of impact players, and they're not always the same. Lowry is an amazing impact player right? But his numbers, you know, the the counting stats don't really add up to really impress you very much. Yet when you look at his heat charts and all this stuff, it, it always shows well. Then you got Roslevic, who's, you know, the top five in skating and passing and everything, not the hardest shot. Neither of them would be on the top for, for that, but um, probably shot at accuracy. I'm sure he's up there too. So you got a highly skilled player that doesn't really have nearly the same impact. So why in Andrew Kopp's case, maybe that the, the leans more towards a Lowry, but he's sort of the in between of a Roslovic and a, a Lowry, maybe from the skill and the impact thing. Why would somebody like that be important on the two C and can they actually play with skilled players?
3: Um, I think that the cop argument is kind like This year, we really just didn't have a lot going for us in the middle once you pass your Mark Shifley, and then you have, you know, Andrew who's like an elite third-line center who could definitely play second-line minutes and play on a second line with some second-line guys. But I feel like he's – I don't want to say he's replaceable because he has a lot of good qualities, but I think that's one of the things that people are like, why are you really gunning for him as your second-line center when you could find a dozen other guys who are – gonna be ufas at the end of next year that could replace him and do the same thing kind of thing but um i don't know like i just like his style of play and i've always um thought that he's super versatile and i like i'm not the person who's like maybe you think i am but i'm not super like give me cop 2c or give me death kind of thing but like i don't know Uh, yeah I, i like him on 2c but what are you trying to say mac
0: Well, it goes back to what AJ and I talked about three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, and I know some of the smarter people than us don't agree with me, but they don't think of what I'm saying big picture. How about Andrew Kopp as your third-line center and Adam Lowry as your fourth-line center? You're telling me that you can't win a Stanley Cup with that if you fill the 2C hole, right? And I know people are like, Lowry's better than a 4. He's more like a 2 this and that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for a Stanley Cup competitive team, if and Adam Lowry is your fourth-line center, you can win a Stanley Cup, is my point when I say that. It doesn't mean that's where he belongs. I'm just saying that's how good your team could be if Andrew Kopp could be your 3C and Paul Stastny is your 2C, right? Or whatever it is, you know?
3: Gone but never Uh, forgotten.
0: Yeah, I mean, sadly. Um, But, I, I've again, I've come around on Kopp a lot, and I think you just see with Kopp and Lowry especially – you don't see any finish, um, but they play. They they have the positive side of the game, right? And um, eventually, with more ice time, maybe with a different line mate, maybe if they played with Wheeler, they'd get more points. Maybe if they played with Ehlers, they'd get more points. Who knows, right? Rather than this two scoring lines, one whatever line, and a checking line that doesn't see the ice. Maybe if you went, like we've always talked about, three scoring lines. Maybe you see different results, and then the people that – Aren't looking at cops, um, fancy stats. See what he's actually capable of. Um, that that some of us, not particularly me, but some of us see in him the potential that you can see if he's playing with guys that can actually score. You know, it's a product of your environment, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Nikolai Ehlers yeah. didn't score with Chris Thorburn, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> later
2: <laughs>
3: Um.
2: Okay, well, I think we should probably end it there. Maybe one more time we'll throw it to you, Ryan, if you had anything from the Periscope or Twitter, or are we at uh, three hours and we should just... Uh, we're in Joe Rogan territory right now.
4: Well, you put out a tweet that asked for questions. We haven't touched any of the questions on Twitter. Oh,
2: okay, let's do it. Rapid fire. Let's sure. rapid fire well, them hey, and then we're done. Can I we'll say, something? Yes. What? Yeah, I say something?
0: People like these long ones when we're doing a roundtable. Okay. Everybody says they like them long. If you don't like it, skip ahead or listen in two parts whatever right yeah, like people right. are into Go listen yeah.
4: to joe biden
0: i'm down i
2: don't know if okay, he's still streaming.
4: maybe biden's still streaming
2: okay twitter questions you take the first one right
4: uh, no, uh, this, this one is for mallory expansion draft Who do we protect who do we trade or do we trade a first <laughs> rounder for seattle to take a player we want gone we kind of touched on that that Maybe getting rid of Ryan Little if he decides to retire but not retire and you have to get rid of him It's a possibility. Who do we protect? It's hard to know all the rules of the expansion draft because there's so many uh, conditions You protect your Shifley, your Linea, your Halibut, and probably one or two other guys But expose everyone else Next yeah, question
2: I, have, I, I haven't seen the rules yet. Sorry,
4: go ahead Next question is who would you trade number 10 pick for? Now I think that is a huge list for number one. Yeah. Yeah. For the number one pick or the number nine pick, uh, I, I think there's a, a big list. Uh, ten is a high draft pick, but it's not high enough that it's uh, untouchable. I think there's a lot of yeah. players out there that you get for a number ten. and. Uh, That's
2: right. Let's throw that one to list. List. You have any? You're you're you are one of those people that follows the other teams a little bit more. Is there anybody that is worth the tenth, tenth overall pick that we should be adding to our thing? I mean, Demello was a what was he a third round pick that we traded away I for him? So fourth. fourth? Well, I thought I the fourth, fourth was for um, whoever the other. Oh, person. Ekins. Ekins. was a fourth. I don't even,
3: wasn't he? I'm not sure who that is actually. I don't know. Demello
2: was a third. Oh, e- Ekin? a third? Ekins. Oh, okay.
3: Ekins. is? I've never heard of
2: him. Okay. Anyhow, listen, for our 10th overall pick, is there somebody out there that we're talking a a legit player with term I overall pick?
3: Definitely legit players out there, especially teams who are looking to rebuild and teams who are looking to get some more picks and load up their younger end there. But, I mean, I didn't even consider, as soon as we, you know, didn't get, like, 15th, I was like, nice, sweet, we got a higher draft pick. I didn't even think about trading it towards someone, so I didn't really look at anything and consider... Who might be available for that price so that's a very good question someone else might know more about it than me but
2: josh anderson boom done done okay i don't
0: don't know either go ahead speaking of cody aiken i don't i heard he's immune to covid19 because he can't catch anything like a pass or cold
4: or the flu (laughs)
3: that was funny that was an attempt at a joke i got it
4: i was listening i smiled to make you feel better
2: Chris, next one, or Ryan, next one. We'll um, go this to-
4: one we've talked about, just possible signing targets now. We've freed up cap space. Need a center, need a defenseman. Top two or second pairing, or second line center and a top pairing defenseman. Uh, Play your, your young guys. Like your young guys. There's please. 60 questions, AJ. We have to make them quick. Uh, do the Jets professional defensive scouts currently live in a bubble? We're not even going to answer that because mm-hmm. I think that's a rhetoric what is
2: it called hey you know I thought they they've taken a lot of crap for some of the guys that they got like obviously the junior the the amateur Scouts are different than the pro Scouts the 100%. pro Scouts got it right with the DeMello thing though right I mean the the Pro Scouts got it wrong with the forward getting Ekins at Eakin, ekins whatever um, but they did get it right with the Mello we all agree that he's a, a pretty good player and a, and a nice pickup for for that hopefully they can re-sign him so they actually did something well with that not as much when they you know sign whatever kulakov or you know some of these other other uh, free agents so i mean yeah they, they haven't done well in the past but i think they maybe tighten it up hopefully the next time we'll get we'll get a couple more w's in a
4: row there so sorry go ahead brian tony said why don't you do these lives so i can bug you people has he been bugging us? So, we but saw this tweet, alive. and that's what made us go live tonight. We set this up very quickly, just for Tony, and he didn't even show up. So, Tony, you're dead to us. Uh, is regular season style different from playoff style hockey? Um, yes. And why if there is? Because you need Mac- to turn it up a notch.
0: Yeah. Well, it's more intense, of course, but also the refing, right? Isn't that another reason? Like... You get away with so much more, so you get liberties. I remember the year, um, the Coyotes, the year before they made the Western Conference Finals, they played the uh, Red Wings. They are by far the better team than that aging Detroit team. And man, was Detroit dirty, because they had so much playoff ex- experience, they knew what they could do, right? They had a lot of hooking, a lot of grabbing, a lot of slashing. So the game does change a little bit. But, like we've talked about many times on this podcast, the biggest thing is is to enforce your will on the other team like ryan was saying earlier if you're a skilled team play with skill if you're a fast team play with speed eventually the better team's going to come out ahead right not just the grubby team or the hard-hitting team or whatever you have to just play what's best for you
4: yeah yeah i agree with that 100 uh our next question is from darren he said, would you trade Wheeler to his hometown for Dumba and Foligno? <laughs> I would discuss. Yeah. We don't need to discuss. It's a yes. <laughs> yeah, I would okay. trade,
2: trade Wheeler right away. That contract is killer. I of, of, said yes before
3: would, you even threw Foligno in there.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, for yeah. sure. It's <laughs> the, the, and honestly, like, I've probably shit on Wheeler more than everybody here combined um i would say back could probably attest to that whether in private conversations or on the podcast but i mean that contract is is problematic right that's something we can all agree on even if you love wheeler that's not a great contract it's what i think Liz. you mentioned there's four more years in it i mean i, don't, I have no idea i, I thought you said it was at 8.75 or 8.25 it's problematic so if you can move that in some way and take on some short-term bad money like a Fellino, I'm guessing, is what they're implying, but get an actual player like Dumbo, who maybe, I, I'm just assuming, without looking at it up, Brian, I don't know if you want to, but uh, maybe has a year left or something, uh, a year of RFA. I guess he was the same year as Truba, so he's probably just coming off RFA right now, but I don't know. I mean, contrary talking, to popular
3: so. opinion, you can like a player without liking their contract, and I feel like that's the biggest thing with Wheeler, is that everyone who hates his contract doesn't hate him. It's just that it's a bad contract, and you can't, no matter how much you like him, you can't pretend that that's a smart move for the future of the team. Well, I think right, a that... lot
4: of, well, we talk about a lot of people in that regard, and they say, why do you hate this person? I I don't hate the person, I hate the hockey player. Chris Sorberton, <laughs> I don't want him on the ice, but damn right I want to sit down and have a beer with him. Mark Stewart, <laughs> same thing. Paul Reese, nice, he shouldn't be coaching peewee hockey. But I think he's probably a great guy.
0: Or the other one is is the Brian Little thing. Oh, so Brian Little sucks? No, he's just not good enough to be our second line center if we want to be a good playoff team. He still nobody's good he to the team. He's nobody's enough
4: to be just team. Not- Latessa
3: was the same thing. Yeah. Right? People are like, "Oh, you don't want him to be healthy because you hate him." No, it's I don't like. I want him to be healthy. I just don't want him on our fourth line.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I just th- this disconnect that it. Uh, and, and AJ and I have talked about this, and we talked about it on the podcast that you can, people fan all sorts of different ways, right? And that's where the disconnect comes in. It's like we don't fan the way certain fans do, and vice versa. So they don't understand that you can be just wanting to win. Mm-hmm. That's all I care about. I don't have fun when they lose. I'm miserable. I don't know if I've ever said that. I have said it. I cry when they lose in the playoffs. I've cried on regular season games. I'm passionate as they come. So that's why I want them to not play guys like Chris fucking Thorburn or Matt Hendricks. Because they're not helping us win. So for people that think we're negative and all that kind of stuff, it's because we want what's best for the team. If I'm at my job and something doesn't work properly, I go to my boss because I want it to work better, right? Same thing. We don't have any control as fans but it makes you feel like you have control, right? You get shitty food in a restaurant, you send it back. It's the same thing.
2: I think uh, just to your point there, Chris talking about, uh, Ryan talked about Paul Maurice and coaching. Somebody said uh, the other day, kind of commenting at the the podcast saying, oh, this is just the, fire Maurice podcast. I said, actually, I don't wish anybody lose their job, right. but I'd like Not to make all. adjustments to do their job better. So, I mean, I would love if Maurice just kind of, if everybody who loves him already cause he's a great talker and everything, that's fine. You could still love him. But even if he sort of a, you know, adopts some more progressive ways and plays, you know, players where they need to be and some different styles that work better for the team and get better results. Hey, then everybody gets to love the guy. Nobody yeah. has to get fired. But if he doesn't change, then why are we, you know, why are we all supposed to be like, oh, I love this guy? And then, you know, if players are great people, like a potato, right? Seems like one of the, the nicest, coolest guys on the team. But what what are we doing here? This doesn't make any any sense. Again, Niku, I mean he had the injuries at the beginning of the season. But um yeah, like why why are we not looking in-house with the skill that we actually draft and develop? Like Chris, said, I like how you said it. Why why do you not like your own guys? And but when you bring guys in, all of a sudden they're our guy. And then it's really obnoxious if people are going to do that and say they're our guy, then they get traded to another team like Stasny or chooses to go somewhere else. Now all of a sudden they're the enemy and they're the biggest rival. We hate their guts. Like, that kind of fanning is so dishonest. And so people can do what they want. But it's not living in a, a real world where you just want the best results. And if people leave, you know, on good terms, you can just, you know, don't have to shit on their head next time. I or d- or but I mean, some leave on bad terms like Kane, right? But I mean, Stasny thing, going to play in Vegas, like, how exciting would that be for
0: a guy like that? Why not? And I think he probably made a very good choice for himself. And I think also people confuse that we want Maurice to do what we want him to do. And it's like, no, no, no. I want him to do what makes the team better. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're wrong. I just want him to do what makes them play to their full potential. So like you well, said. Even talk, talking about it...
2: a cop, we don't even agree on what the changes should be. The four of us don't even agree on right. who the best players are or where we'd
0: put them or what the lineups would be right so, so never it's mind. Not it's,
2: about, we can't even come to right. consensus
0: all right it's not about you know you're right it's not about us being right it's about fulfilling the thing and and if it's maurice that does that that all the power to him great it's not mm-hmm. about i hate maurice i hate what our coach is doing to our talent that's all it is it doesn't matter who the person is and,
4: and
3: that's what you hate that we have a coach who or... isn't trying new things
4: right that's what makes this podcast work so much. We get three different wrong opinions, and then I come in and just correct you with the right one.
2: And that's why we like you the best. And that's why you're and the you only are one so that's paid staff
4: Thank
2: for you. the podcast, I'm so. also
4: trying to get some of these questions read so we can wrap this thing oh, up. Because yeah, so we're wrapping up. Okay. Um,
2: give, give all the rest to list. Go.
4: Who are the <laughs> free agents you think they might target? Will Chevy okay. break tradition and make trades? Hamnick. No. no make trades, but sign no. Hammondick?
0: That's what's going
2: Is to Hamnick happen.
4: Hammondick at yeah. UFA. Hammondick's UFA, hey? Yes.
0: Yeah, I believe so. Okay. It'll just... be signed yeah. on June 30th or whatever, like the yeah. day before free agency. He's been working on his home in Winnipeg here quite a bit. Oh,
3: uh, interesting. Okay.
4: Well, I'm just trying to find more questions here. So I'm curious, that... though, about like, guys line... like
3: Bork and Shaw. Don't know where they're going to go. I hope we don't resign them, but sorry. Continue. Uh,
4: yeah, they can go away, but you also need some more forward depth, I think. Um, but
2: here, questions. Keep going.
4: You go... <laughs> Are you cutting me off now?
2: Yes, yes. I'm cutting everyone off. Okay. Read the questions.
4: Uh, someone asked, "Is Patrick Liney as unhappy in Winnipeg as some writers indicate?" No. I don't believe that's don't the case at all. I think Patrick Laine just comes off as unhappy because he has a very mellow, neutral demeanor about him. You're not going to see him laugh his ass off. You're not going to see him get really pissed off either. Yeah. Uh, I think well, he's here all for the long players have
3: the same personality, and he kind of doesn't, so people just always take it the wrong way with him. So. Yeah.
2: I'm Kirk Gilback, and thank you
1: for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast.